This week's episode is actually a two-part episode, so you get a bonus episode, and it's because the conversation was so good and so full of great information and advice from Shannon Bisher. There was so much that I gained from this episode, and I believe you will too, but one thing that stuck with me was when Shannon said, be more dialed in. Blondin Professional Real Estate is a family-owned boutique-style brokerage with over 40 years' experience serving the counties that surround St. Louis. See how their approach to real estate will help you by visiting BlondinRealEstate.com. What happens when you put a career-focused woman with two kids trying to balance home and work life in a room with a microphone? Lots of laughter, tears, and great advice. I'm Jill Devine, and welcome to Two Kids and a Career. I think I've said this before. I, I might be wrong, but I think I have. I feel like season three has definitely been tackling some some deep issues. I don't even want to call them issues. Some deep demons. And one of those, eating. I didn't realize how much food, and it sounds so silly to say this out loud, but I didn't realize how much food makes such an impact on our lives. And I feel like lately, and I'm, I'm wondering if it's because I am getting older and I have two young girls, if that's why I'm starting to focus a lot on food and sort of try to focus on where my mind is and why it's gotten there. So might as well have an expert on. And I have Shannon Bisher with me today. She's a registered dietitian. Are you ready to dive into this? I am. Yes. <laughs> You're a pro. This isn't about, and I, someone that's listening right now, and they're like, oh, dietitian. She's going to tell me what I'm supposed to eat. <laughs> I'm going to tune out. No, 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 nope. no. That's not what this is going to be about. This is a educational episode, like most of mine are, but I know a little bit about you. I know a little bit about what you do, but I know that you can help a lot. So let's just start with what you do, how you got into it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely not the average dietitian when people think about a dietitian. Um, I am an intuitive eating and health at every size registered dietitian. Oh. Um, so my focus for a long time, for 15 years, was specializing with eating disorders. Okay. So um, in, in the last several years, I've kind of phased a little bit more out of that and have focused more on intuitive eating, but it's applying all these principles with working with eating disorders about the psychology and the mental piece with food and body that I think almost every woman in America feels. Um, we live in such a disordered eating culture. Mm -hmm. like you were saying like you're focusing more because maybe your age, it's like, no, it's because of diet culture. Like it's everywhere. It's okay. surrounded by it. So what made you want to get into this? Did you have a personal story with eating disorder or it just something that you just were passionate about? Well, so I grew up in a typical 90s household of like Snackwell Nation, mm -hmm. like like a very diety household. And um, I have a twin sister who was always in a larger body. And, you know, and so we're fraternal twins, but we were always compared. So I kind of knew like with my body, just genetically, I was in a smaller body, um, that there was more praise for that. So not realizing what I was doing, it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you make sure you keep your body this way. And I ran track, I ran track through high school, I ran track collegiately. And shortly after college, 
when I decided to become, well, in college, when I became a diet, decided to become a dietitian, my first job was a personal trainer and being a dietitian and clients were picking me because of how my body looked. So it's kind of like reinforcing, stay small, stay fit, you know, the mm, whole like okay. fit, you know, fit strong. Um, and then working with eating disorders, it was still kind of insinuated because if I was small and I'm that, that means I'm not going to make my clients quote unquote fat or make them gain too much weight. Like I felt safe. So it was this underlying pressure that I really didn't realize was there until I started doing more of my own work. Um, and realizing more of the body image stuff that I held and, um, from being a trainer, from always being fit and just kind of holding that stigma for myself. So when I started doing the work with intuitive eating about four or five years ago, it was really doing a deep dive in my own stuff. I'm a big believer that you can only take people as far as you go. So, um, I, and I think again, like every woman in America really faces outside, I mean, everywhere you face this cultural message that thin is better. Um, so I feel like that's a big part. I'm very passionate in helping people. So my whole thing was doing more exercise. You know, I have four kids and after, especially one and two, it was like, get back in shape. Um, the third was a little bit less, but my fourth, she was the one who really kind of tailspinned me into just letting go and not working out so hard and being kinder to myself. Um, that was a big part of my transition. Okay. So first question, and I, and I don't know if you can elaborate or because this isn't, she's not here, but your sister, mm -hmm. did she work out? Did she eat quote unquote, the white, right things. And just, that was just her body makeup or did you know oh, yeah. something different? No, she was just, she was a D one basketball player. So she was six, three and just in a, you know, like looking at pictures of her of her, like when she was in high school and in college, it was like, Oh my God, she was fine. Like she was fine. She was just, you know, she just bigger bone and she's six, three. So she just had a bigger body. But, you know, that's, it's like looking at those cultural messages in the nineties were like Kate Moss, like it was like mm -hmm. thinner, thinner, thinner. So, I mean, that's this part of like, you know, when I've had these conversations with my mom, it's like her saying, like, I wish I would have known now or then what I know now, like, it's like, it, you know, it's her body stuff that she placed on her, but that it was also cultural. Like that part was a big piece. How is she today? Well, I mean, she's, I mean, she's still in her body, like her body's still in a bigger body, but like, she's so much more grounded and is like, this is my body and I love it. Like there's, that's the beautiful thing in her, in her work with it too, is just accepting her body for how it is and embracing her body. Um, and to look at like, this is the whole notion of health at every size. Like we have this stigmatized message that if you're in a bigger body, you're unhealthy, but you right. can be in a bigger body and be completely healthy. It's like, well, what do your lab values say? Like your lab values say your body is, your blood values say that you're fine and you're healthy. It's more looking at, are you doing things that help your body and are helpful and kind for your body? But if you've been brought up with this message that you're bigger, so therefore your body's bad, most people then are kind of like, well, screw it. I'm not going to take care of my body or I'm not worthy because my body isn't what society says is okay. Okay. So then, Oh my gosh, I'm like writing things down. <laughs> so <laughs> back to your fourth child. Well, mm -hmm. first of all, four kids. <laughs> Shannon. Jill, it was not <laughs> in the plan. We are, we, I call this everyone's nightmare. 
We are a two, we were a two year post vasectomy surprise baby. We passed the oh, two year test. Oh. Like we went back and got checked. We were clear. And two years later, we were pregnant. I, I just envision like, you're like, forget it. You all four just play with each other. I'm going to do my thing and I'll talk to you later. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. because well, yeah, two, two is a lot. And so, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, you said your fourth, that's when you were like, uh-uh, I change. I recognize my body, what it's made for, what it's here to do. Yeah. How did you do that? Well, I mean, it was a total slap in the face of you have no control over anything. So yeah. a lot of it was a, sur- like, it was a surrendering, um, but it was like this buildup. I was, be- so before I got pregnant with her, I was doing a lot of heavy weightlifting. And part of it was like, that was kind of keeping me in my identity of being really fit. But my, if I'm like, and I had just started doing more of the training with intuitive eating. So it was like listening to my body. And I was like, God, my body is so tired. Like, I'm so tired of doing this. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, not in a good place mentally. Like, I just couldn't even imagine how am I going to handle four children? So I just stopped. I stopped. I, we had moved. So we moved out to Chesterfield. So like the way my life was, was different than like the gym I was going to. So I took a big break. Um, and I just started doing yoga. That was all that I did. And I just was like, I'm going to be really curious. I'm just going to walk and do yoga in this pregnancy and see how it goes. And I, of course, was met with, this isn't going to go well. You're going to gain all this weight in this pregnancy. And I literally, I mean, I literally gained the same amount of weight in all four of my pregnancies. It didn't matter what I did. If it didn't matter if I was working out a whole lot, if I wasn't working out, I like my body was like, here's your set weight that you will gain in every pregnancy. So it was interesting to think about, wow, my body really just knows what it's going to do. And I felt so much better. I felt so much kinder and letting go of a stigma and, and a, and a label and an identity that I really held on for a long time. And it's not that it goes completely away. Like sometimes I'm still met with it and I'm just more of like, okay, I see that you're there, but I don't have to listen to you. This is much kinder. And that's kind of how I've been. It's been this, you know, it's just a release of control is really what it is. And to know I can trust my body and trust that wisdom that's inside of me. Do you have a time frame of when you feel like you hit that switch that you knew? Mm. Well, I mean, because you don't wake up overnight and no, all of a sudden go, no. I love my body. No, no. It, I think, I mean, it was definitely over a couple years. I mean, the whole time I was pregnant with her and then the whole year after, and really the whole year after it was kind of the hardest year, the hardest time because that's when I would ramp up stuff. Like that's when I would kind of be eat more healthful and, um, and, you know, exercise more and to let go of that. I just kind of, I was kind of like, well, you got to like, let's really practice this intuitive piece. Like when I want ice cream, I want ice cream. Cause I was always kind of one of those that would, um, you know, eat really healthy, but like, if I wanted ice cream, I would want it, but like, it would almost sometimes be where it was like sometimes emotional and I could be a little bit more overeating, um, mm-hmm. you know, like more of that. And so then just to let myself have whatever I wanted when I wanted it, like I was doing a lot of that, but it was different because it was more in this emotional aspect of recognizing when I was pulled to have seven 
whole foods, dark chocolate sea caramels. I'm like, Hmm, okay. Something's going on. Like I'm not really tasting this anymore. I'm feeding something. So it's more of this check of, okay, what am I emotionally needing right now? So it's a lot of talk, even though the behavior might still happen or the pull to run or the pull to go and lift and not do it just to sit with that uncomfortableness. But that was, I mean, combined with being pregnant and then after, I mean, that was a good two years. I am just trying to figure out in talking to you where some of my food habits and struggles are. Like when you said, because you you do hear, and I, and I think that this is fairly new, and I don't mean within the last year, but people are realizing diets are diets. And when mm-hmm. you restrict yourself from something, your body's going to want it more. It may work right then and there, but that's not long-term. It's typically no. not going to happen. And yep. so I, like so many people have fallen victim to that and done the, you know, whatever, no carbs, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And it was, and, and I, and I, the thing is too, I know what healthy eating is. I know what's good mm-hmm. for my body. It's the overeating or I'll use the example, like last night, my mom had made us cupcakes for something just because, and there were a few left. Well, my mindset was, oh, there's only three left. If I eat two and my husband eats one, then they're out of the house. Yeah. And that's what I tend to do. And I, and I don't. And so when you were saying, you know, when you go for that second one, what is it you're trying to fulfill? I, I don't know how to answer that question. And well, because in that situation, it's probably more about the permission of the food itself. So if cupcakes or sweets, something of that, na- that desserty thing of that nature isn't common, then it's like, oh, it's here. I got to eat it. I got to have it now. And then, then the part that comes in, it's like, well, just eat it now. And then you don't have to worry about it. The chances are when you're eating those two cupcakes of you actually sitting and enjoying the taste of the cupcake is probably pretty small. You're probably not overly connected to it. It's just like, I get to have it. I get to have it. Okay. So then when you said you, you, okay, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did you say that you don't restrict anything? If you want it, you want it? Yep. So the difference is, here's the difference. The difference is. I'm, so when I'm working with someone, we're working on what are your lower to high charged foods? So what are the foods that you're like, oh God, get it out of the house. I can't have it. Or it's calling my name. Like we want to work with those foods that we start with these lower charged foods. So let's say, for example, like I can use my one client, like hers was double stuff Oreo cookies. Like she could not keep them in her house. So like, it's like, well, if I have them, then I'll eat them. That's kind of the notion. So then we like, well, then just don't have them in your house. Well, if we're mm-hmm. working on permission, the assignment that I give clients is have, or so for this client, have double stuff Oreo cookies every single day. And you put a plate out. It is just you and the cookies. There's no distractions. You're in a safe place. You're grounding in. So like you're feeling inside your body. So I kind of say like, ground your feet on the floor, feel your seat, your back, your legs against the chair, like you're in take one bite of the cookie and really focus on what do you taste? You're really mindful. So what does it taste like? What does it feel like? What, um, what are the flavors that you notice? And then take a second one. So then the goal of what you're recognizing is when is it go from, oh, this is delicious, delicious, good, good, fine, meh. 
So when I'm at like fine and meh, I'm literally just eating it to eat it. It's no longer about the pleasure of the food. So when I repeat this, when I repeat it over and over, and I know that I have the permission of like, oh, I can have this again tomorrow. It feels really scary, but it becomes really interesting of where you become really particular. Like I've had clients there like love cake. So they've done this with cake. It's like, oh, I'm super picky. I only want this type of frosting and this type of cake. If it's not that, I'm not going to bother to have it. But when we don't have their permission, it could be the crappiest cake there is. It's like, I'm eating it because I get to eat cake. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to jump back to you getting into this system of recognizing your body and giving yourself grace. And, and this is what you know your body is meant to do. Is that when you transitioned into your own company? No. So I've been private practice for a long time. I've just changed what I've done. So I've been in private practice for, mm, I think like close to 18 years. It's been a long time, but my main focus for so long was just eating disorders. And part of, part of what was phasing me was I had a lot of really hard cases that was just, you know, the burnout working with eating disorders is pretty hard because they're, it's, it's hard. Um, and I would, it, what was interesting is like when I'd have someone come in to see me that was either a binger or overweight, I loved it. I loved seeing them. It was like, not, it wasn't, I don't know necessarily that the emotion of it felt lighter, but it felt like, oh, I know this because this is somewhat my story. And, and, and I look at too, like I messed up a lot. Like I did what a typical dietitian does and what I was taught to do. I weighed them. I had them write their food. We would look over what they did right, what they did wrong. Like I was in diet culture and I was a diet culture dietitian. And that's exactly what, what I was taught when I was in school, but I could see all that was getting played out. Like I became the food police. I became the pseudo mom that was saying, oh, we, maybe we could look at having this instead of this. Like so much got played out with transference with me that over the years of becoming a more veteran dietitian and learning more and learning more about the psychology, it was learning like, this is not working. Like when someone's coming in to see me for weight loss and let's say they had a fantastic week and like I think any woman who or any person who's dieting can relate to this, they have an amazing week and then they step on the scale and they didn't mm-hmm. lose a thing. It's like, ah! Oh, screw it. I was just going to say it. It just happened to me. Okay. So go ahead. And so the typical is like, screw it. And then the cycle of then binging or overeating or kind of like the effort eating kind of goes out the window. I'm not going to take care of myself. I'm not going to listen. That tends to be the spiral. So it was kind of seeing like this patterning isn't working. So then I started shifting things in this intuitive way without realizing that that's what I was doing. And then I fell upon intuitive eating. So then I was like, I'm getting trained in this. This is spot on. And it was just, um, it's, it's been this amazing thing to see, not just for myself, but to see how it works with my clients. But it's hard in the fact that when we're in diet culture, we're very much want quick fix. We mm-hmm. want, how long is this going to be? Is this going to like, if this isn't going to be like, do this for a couple months and you're going to lose weight because intuitive eating is about changing your relationship with food and your body. It's asking to put weight loss and the desire of weight loss over on like the back burner. Like we honor the space for it, 
But if let's say you're in a tumultuous relationship with food and you're following the diet and then you're off the diet, then you're binging, you're overeating and you stop exercising. And then you go back on the diet and you exercise like crazy. And then you go off of it. That constant cycling wears and tears on your metabolism, on your body. So your body, every time you're going, you're dieting, goes into a starvation mode and holds on. And then every time you binge or you're going in kind of the overeating or your body is conserving because it's cycle of what it knows is there's going to be famine again. We're not too far removed from that time. So intuitiveness is you feed your body and everyone kind of needs a varying, like whether they need a little bit more structure or less, but it's really looking at how often are you feeding your body? Do you even recognize what hunger feels like, what fullness feels like? And not like screaming in your face, I'm starving hunger, which is primal hunger, which when we're in that spot, like hold the door, you're going to eat everything in the house. Right. But like the gentle nudge of like, hey, I'm kind of getting hungry here. Most people aren't even aware of that. Okay. I, know. I, I keep going. Like, I keep going. Okay. <laughs> um so all right oh okay where do I begin I keep just saying okay because I'm just so dumbfounded so there is someone that I've had on my podcast a a couple of times and I do a lot of stuff with her her name is Joy and she goes by go fit mom and she is very much into the whole you know not a diet this is what you have to have an overall healthy well-being for yourself in order to take care of your kids in order to take care of anything and we just recently did um a 30-day cleanse and when she told me when she asked me about doing this I was like nope and she said tell me why I said because I'm not giving up stuff I'm not doing this I'm not and she said well you're you're setting yourself up for failure already by using the word not and she said this cleanse is not a cleanse throughout the whole 30 days. The first three to five days, we take a little bit of out, get your body ready, but it's all about, I'm teaching you clean eating, which is something I've always wanted a little bit more help with. She has taught me, you know, to recognize how I feel after those things. And Mm -hmm. I did, uh, I have been doing really good of even keeping up with that after the 30 days. And I have worked out more in the last 30 days than I have in the last two years. And I'm not talking about hour runs. I'm talking about sometimes it might be just like a 30 minute walk with the girls or yoga. And sometimes I'll do some of her workouts and I went and weighed myself and there was no movement. There was actually a gain Mm -hmm. and I felt defeated. Because I told myself, and I know this, it is not about the scale. But I guess my question to you and my question to her would be this. I know I'm never going to be a size small. That's just not me. Like you were saying, you know, you're a small body, your twin sister isn't. But when I look in the mirror, I see things that maybe you wouldn't see, but I see them. I see some areas that are bigger than other areas that, that really mess me up in my mind. And so when I don't see the scale moving, I feel like those things are not moving either. And it's super disappointing and frustrating. Yeah. 
right? But look at how you've, you've just deemed all of your success only to be external. Here's the thing. Part of our diet culture has now taken on the guise of health. It's not to dispute that certainly eating whole grains, fruits and vegetables is healthful for our body. It is. But when that is the rule, the rule of eating, that is the setup. Because at some point, we're going to want the cupcake. At some point, we're going to want maybe the Dorito or the beer or the margarita. And if that's not on the plan, then I've screwed up. So then we have guilt. Then we go into, depending on history, shame. And then we can kind of spiral or we try to undo with exercise or undo with maybe being more restrictive or cleansing or detoxing or whatever. So I think all of those are really sticky, mucky areas because a part is to look at what is the intention behind it. And so we can look at like, we, if we keep things very surfacey, it's like, well, I'm doing this for my body, but we want to look at like, okay, if, why, why was it in these 30 days was these 30 days that you worked out more? Was it because of the plan? Is that why? And so then let's look at the two years that it felt really difficult to do not work out. Like what, let's talk about what was going on then where it's hard mm. to put yourself first. Like you have two kids and you're juggling everything. Like let's figure that out where somehow self-care got put lower, but when you're on a plan, it almost like pops up, but it doesn't yeah. stay. So that's where we can keep cycling on and on. And that's the lure of the diets. It's like, okay, I can make my food and I can do all my prep and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. But that's only when you're on the plan. If you're not on the plan, then it's like, it all goes to crap. So my work is to look at how do we help look at what's standing in the way of you prioritizing you and taking care of you in a way that feels good and that doesn't need a permission of a plan, but the, just the permission of you. Because, I, and I will say that, you know, eating clean and, and going back to, she always, you know, really emphasizes 90-10, like, you know, 90% of her life or eating is, is clean. And then she does give herself permission to have that cupcake or that margarita. It's just not every single day and every single meal. And I do, I understand that. And I understand that when I am eating cleaner and healthier and I feel better for 100%. sure. I mean, what I get that. Um, it's and it's interesting. You see, and I don't know if that's part of my Type A personality too. Like, hey, you're a list taker or a, mm -hmm. a list. You know what I mean? I create mm -hmm. lists. I, I oh yeah, yeah. Because I did say to her when I first started that cleanse was I don't understand. I mean, even before my wedding, I worked out with a trainer multiple times a week. I was, I mean, I know what the end goal was. The end goal was to feel my best and what I consider to look my best in my wedding dress, but I felt good. But as soon as that wedding was over, I was done. Yep. I, what, that's insanity to me. It really <laughs> truly is. But that's the mental wear of a diet. It's the mental, even as much as you like the rules, we want to break the rules. So if there are no rules, but more of these internal boundaries that you start to create yourself, create for yourself, that's the shift. Because 
an intuitive eater is a really nutritious eater because those are the foods that make you feel really good. But if I have these foods that I haven't made peace with, those are the ones that are going to trigger me to then to not take care of myself. Or if I'm feeling emotions that feel really hard to tolerate and I eat the food, then I'm going down that rabbit hole. So there's all these pieces where it's more than just the food. It's so easy just to talk and concentrate solely on the food. But so much of it is to look at what do you do for emotional support? Do you have boundaries? Are you good with setting boundaries? Are you good with taking breaks? Are your basic needs of life being met? There's all these things that we look at that food kind of outsource itself to. And we look at like now in the time of pandemic, food is inserting itself all over. It's boredom, it's pleasure, it's entertainment, Mm -hmm. it's all these things that it's like, of course it is. Because it's like the one thing that's consistent. I know it's going to be there for the most part and it's going to taste good. So it's, it's so much. And that's, this is the fail of diets is because it's just surface. So like when I'm working with someone where, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of food talk, but there's a lot of emotional talk and how you're dealing with food and the setup of that. And, and diet culture has just seeped its way in every crevice. I mean, again, like, you know, when we look at the pandemic and diet cultures in the pandemic, it's like, how long can you hold a plank for? Let's do this however 30 day fitness challenge it's like mm-hmm. everyone shut down no one wants to do that but like then i feel like crap because now i'm not doing it like it's shame and the guilt that kind of comes in right like you're at home you don't have any other options or an excuse to not do these things and right. yeah okay so i am going to need you for a part 2 if you'll stick around <laughs> because <laughs> I know this has been about me, but maybe we should (laughs) talk about some others. So stick around uh, for part two. We're going to have more with Shannon in the next bonus episode. And we'll dive into a little bit more. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and if you're feeling really generous, write me a review. And don't forget to join me next week for a new episode of Two Kids and a Career.